Well, Coach, you bounce back with a pretty impressive offensive performance. We thought that the offense had turned in one of their better performances against Smithson Valley. Turns out that they actually saved one for Stevens. You know, 62 points in three quarters against Smithson Valley, 71 points in three quarters against Stevens. But it's more of the opportunities that the defense is giving the offense, and it's complementary football. And I think that's a really big point, the defense, special teams, and offense all working together to make sure the offense has the ball enough times. Can you expand on that? Our defense is what makes our team go. I mean, we're everything that we do as a football team runs through our defense. You know, we just feel so fortunate to have our have a defense playing at such a high level. I don't know if we're really that good offensively, but we just got a great defense. You know, we're just trying to trying to make sure that we score when they when they provide us with turnovers. Our defense provides us a short field. I think you look at the amount of opportunities that some of your younger guys and some of the the first year seniors have gotten in this playoff run. I think you you move into the region final for yet another year, and we really have started to understand just the the depth that you've been talking about. We've talked about it position by position, whether it's the offensive line or the defensive line. You made a point at quarterback club. You're starting to see guys come off the bench and have multiple tackle games you know guys like Luke Aaron who played maybe the back half of the second half and wound up having multiple tackles an interception his first but those moments where those first year seniors make plays but seeing a guy like Bo Bethard get his first interception as a varsity player and, and the reaction from his teammates is always something at this time of year is pretty special yeah it really is and when you start a season uh, you absolutely have to count on the returning starters that you have the guys that have the most experience they play well early, and they allow guys like Bo Bethard, they allow guys like uh, Luke Aaron, like Ethan Burke, uh, just guys that are going to be fabulous football players for us, but just didn't have, didn't have the experience. And now we're we're playing in our twelfth ball game. You can see some of our backups that are getting to play a lot. Is the stage is not even close to t- being too big for them. Some of those key roles on the offensive line where guys are getting to play in droves, you know, and you look at your depth on the offensive line. You can mention all you want about your your defense being the heart and soul of the team and drives the team. And while that is certainly true, what we are also seeing is if this offensive line could play better since the end of the regular season, they're starting to play very well as we move into the region final. And that is a collection of guys. It's not just five guys up front. It's a collection of guys who are really starting to come into their own. And I think mm-hmm. there was one play that I remember that sticks out as you know, junior Michael McKelvey literally picked up one of their better defensive linemen and threw him to the ground. I mean, there was just a, a physical nature to this offensive line. If they were physical before, they're getting even more physical. Is that even possible? Well, you know, our defense has been playing at such a high level for such a long time uh, throughout the year, very consistent level. Uh, offensively, as we started the season, we weren't very good. Uh, we've gotten better as the year has gone on. We've got more depth at offensive line. We've got more depth at wide receiver. The old kids on offense have just been kind of chipping away at it, chipping away at it. And what you would hope to be is you don't play your best football in your first four games of the year. You play it in the last, you know, four or five games of the year. So as I told our players, it's really tough as you go through a season, and I've been through this many times, is to get better. Offensively, we are becoming a, a better football team. We're we're tougher to defend by scheme uh, because of the fact that we uh, are very balanced. That's something that bodes well for us as we go down the stretch. I'd hate to go into a stretch of games that obviously are going to be the best people we play and, and, and not be able to run the ball or not be able to pass the ball. And it all starts with our offensive line. You know, we've talked about before, we have had many, many different starting, ro- uh, starting lineups as the year goes on. Uh, the offensive line is a great place to build competition as we go through the week. When, when we put Christian McWilliams in 
or we put Ryan McMillan in, or we put Mike McKelvey Jr. in, we don't have any drop-off. In the history of the UIL, 100 years, there'll be football played in a different calendar year. You mentioned the sacrifice, the time. So much has had to happen for the game to just occur. And I think when you put that up on a pedestal and remind the players of of that sacrifice, I know sometimes it can get lost in the shuffle with it's a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, but Mm -hmm. they're constantly reminded of what they've had to give up just to play. And I think the theme of this team that you've always mentioned, Coach, in addition to the trust theme, they just like to play football. And I think they love football uh, so much. And I think that's a big part of it. Well, they want to play football and they want to play at a high level. There's eight teams left in 6A Division One. They're going to play a football game on the second day of the new year. Some of them are going to play it on the first day. I told the players, I said, 2020 for everybody in the world has been a, a, a rotten year. It sure would be nice to ring in 2021. Uh, with a great victory for us. So we are going to make history at Westlake High School. We will be the uh, the first and probably the only team that ever played a football game different calendar years. And I hope that, uh, I hope that that never happens again. No doubt. We move on to Steele, and obviously a team that is rich in history, even though it's not as old as Westlake, a team that is rich in history with winning football. And of course, we meet Wyatt Beagle yet again on offense. Before we get to the defensive side of the ball, let's talk about Wyatt Beagle. This will be his fourth year starting, his third matchup against Westlake. He was around in 2017 when uh, midway through the season, I think it was the New Braunfels game where he was kind of thrown in, and it's been his team ever since. What's the growth pattern that you've seen from your experiences with him as a freshman and now watching film on him when he's a senior and getting ready to compete against uh, Steele again in the region final. A freshman at the quarterback position in 6A football and now midseason he's led his team into the fourth round of the playoffs a regional championship. That said a lot about the kid right then. Uh, then we played him again last year. Well he looked a whole lot different you know and as a freshman he looked like a what a freshman looked like about 5'9 about 160 pound you know, kind of skinny freshman. Well, you play two years later when he's a junior, and he's now, you know, you know, six foot, 190 pounds and rocked up, and everything has kind of slowed down for him, and now you watch him as a senior. And uh, there's no doubt who the best player on their team is and who, who leads their team, and it's White Beagle. And I think Josh Farner brings that extra two-step to the opportunity to him for not be the focal point. And that starts with really the, the blocking for the offensive line. The offensive line, once again, big, athletic, and they like to run the football. They make no apologies about who they are on offense. And I think that's a, a big part of their confidence coming into this region final. A strong defense and, and really uses Wyatt a lot in that quarterback run game. Well, they've always had a, a, a stable of backs, done a great job of uh, formationally scheming you. They have had great athletic quarterbacks in the past. Their running backs, even though they had some guys that played against us last year that would have been coming back, they have been very, very impressive at the running back position. They want to run the football. They want to establish a line of scrimmage. But when you've got a senior quarterback like White Beagle and you have a a wide receiver, uh, Rendon Lopez, who started against us last year, he was not the focal point, but it's his senior year and he's, you know, a guy that's got over 60 catches. You cannot overlook their passing game. And in addition to the offensive line coach, I know Mason Martinez is a returning starter. He wasn't really involved offensively last year as a big target, much like Rendon Lopez was not either. Although looking at Mason Martinez and the offensive line, this is a guy that can sneak into coverage, but but the big physical play is something that I think we're really looking forward to as a matchup that, that we'll highlight looking at the way the defensive line and the defensive front for Westlake responds to just how physical Steele is up front. The, their offensive staff has always had a big not, uh, tight end to work with. 
And they do a really nice job of scheming with that tight end, uh, whether or not they flex him out, whether they put him on a hip, whether they line him up attached as a two-by-two, or they line him up attached as a three-by-one. When you have that, you're creating an extra gap, and it really helps you in the run game. And it also is a a feather in their cap, the fact that he can get down the field and stretch the field uh, and has been a, a weapon for them as they've gone through their season. Looking at the defensive personnel, and you don't have to look very hard to find out that Steels won a whole bunch of games by playing very good defense. Guys like Caleb Lewis, the defensive end, leading tackler. Uh, Christian Garza, returning starter, right in the middle. And and what's great about having a playoff game with a familiar opponent over the last few years is you see the growth. You know, I'm entering the heights and weights for some of these guys on our calling sheet, Coach, and some of these guys have uh, bulked up. I mean, Christian Garza last year was a fabulous linebacker, comes in as a junior, but he's, you know, 6'1", 6'2", about 220 pounds. Well, now he's 245 pounds. He's an absolutely grown man right in the middle of that defense. And I know that your attention is in that front seven, this 4-3 defense, very, very pivotal in the way that they've won ball games this year. When you play a 4-3, you're going to count on your Mike linebacker, and they have always had a fabulous Mike linebacker. And they've got another one in Christian Garza. We played against him last year. Uh, Caleb Lewis, number 44, the defensive end, is really athletic. Uh, he's one that you can really tell on, on video that he's grown at, as the last year has gone. Uh, they have five returning starters, and they got it at all three levels. Defensive lineman Caleb Lewis they got two linebackers in Christian Garza and Michael Serino. And then they got two in the back end, one corner and one safety. Coach Sines and, and his staff were probably really thrilled uh, to have those guys coming back and to have that kind of experience. And then they've let some other younger guys, you know, like Dwayne Smith at defensive tackle, like Justin Elmore at defensive tackle, like, you know, Tevon Cortez uh, at the other uh, cornerback to grow up. And that's kind of the same way we've done on our defense. Offensively, I know that Westlake has had its it has had its growth spurt, if you will, in the playoffs. Defensively, you're going up against a team that has allowed 17 points per game through the regular season and just 13 points in their first three playoff games. So you, you look at this as the challenge. What's the mindset as an offensive play caller going into a game like this where you know that your respect for the defense is an all-time high and, and a familiar opponent in the last four years? You've played them three times. So there is a little bit of familiarity where in other playoff games there might not be. They are very similar in, in production uh, to Smithson Valley. Probably a little bit more athletic in the back end but very, very similar in production. You know, Smithson Valley came in when we played them two weeks ago. They had given up 16 points a game. The thing that you got to do against teams like this that have been together, uh, the coaching staffs have been together, they believe in what they do, and they and they dang sure should believe in what they do because it's been very effective. you got to identify what, are, what do they take away, what do they absolutely say. You're not getting. This is not something that you're going to get. You have to identify that. And then you have to identify within every defense, there are certain things that they're saying, I'll give that up. You know, what a good offensive staff does is he takes the things that are being given up, you know, and then schemes to make sure that we get in position to take things they may not want to give up. But I just ask our players. I really do, Joe. I ask our players, you know, we're a pretty good football team right now. We're playing at a pretty high level. Can we play just a little bit better on Saturday? You know, I don't, I'm not asking you all to be off the chart better than we were last the last two weeks because that's tough. That's real tough to do to, to improve that much if we can just stay the course consistently stay the course. I'm an absolute believer in our goal boards and our kids are bought into them. And we can just start checking off, checking off, checking off and then protect the football. I think we're going to be in good shape. Coach, you mentioned something at quarterback club that's really stuck with me. And and I've interviewed the legendary baseball coach for the Texas Longhorns, Augie Garrido, every Sunday. You know, we, we had, we had moments where he talked about the philosophy of a game 
And one of his key moments you kind of brought up on in quarterback club, whereas you break the game down, don't look at it as nine innings, look at it inning to inning. And the goal was to win the inning. I heard that constantly from Coach Carrito. Well, I heard it from you where you talked about breaking down these large games, the right to go to the, the final four region finals, even though the program has been here before, some of your players have not. And you mm-hmm. talked about the psychology of breaking the game down into seven minute portions. Expand on that. The team that, that we, myself, my staff, are going to put out on the field on Saturday cares a whole lot. I mean, they really, really are bought in. They have made sacrifices. So naturally, when that care factor is at an all-time high, there's going to be a little extra nervousness. That's just human nature. Well, the same thing's going to happen on the other side. And I tell our players all the time, don't ever think that you've cornered the market on care. They care just as much as we do. So what we have to do, and what I'm going to try to help you with, is encourage you to break this thing down. All right, I'm going to break it down into about, we're going to kick off to them, and our entire sideline is going to know exactly what we got to do, hold them inside the 25-yard line. Defense comes out on the field. All right, all we're going to do is focus on three plays. Let's see if we can't get the next goal. That may be force a three and out. Yeah, let's say we don't get a three and out. Okay, we don't get a three and out. Let's focus in on making the opponent punt the ball and give us the ball close to the 50-yard line. Okay, we accomplished that. So far in the game, with what we're doing, we are winning the game offensively. Okay, we take the ball around midfield. Now, let's see if we could score on our first possession. Okay, let's say we don't score on our first possession. Let's say we go down and uh, we make two first downs, but we punt. So what I'm saying is, is just talk with them like that, is stay in the moment. You know, so many times they're so amped up that they want to get to the second quarter before the first quarter's ever played, or they want to get to third down before first down's ever played. That has worked really well for us as we've gone through the journey. Final thought, Coach. Wall week is a big deal at Westlake. You've continued a tradition that was started by Coach Schrader. And I think outside the locker room, there are images that that really send the message. More so than a trophy case or, or anything else, those are objects. What I love about Wall Week is when you walk down the halls of the you know, Ken Dabbs Fieldhouse and you see all of those, those photos, it's special because of who is in those photos. Mm-hmm. The history of Westlake football is on display through its people, its players, its coaches, its trainers. You've kept that tradition and made it a big deal. What have you told the players about the importance of Wall Week and, and, and mentioning that going into this region final? This tradition was set by people long before us, and we take pride in, in keeping up the great tradition of Westlake football, of the great coaches and players that come before us. I'm not sure uh, if Coach Schrader, when they started that, they referred to as Wall Week. We've kind of put that to it because, as I could see, as I looked through the deal, the only people that are on the wall are people made it to the Final Four. Well, we've got four since we've been here. We want to make it our fifth one in seven years to go on the wall. As I walk through the halls and I, I look at our 2015 team, well, all those guys, they're about to graduate from college right now. You know, or I look at our 2017 team. And they're in college right now. I look at our 2019 team, and they're, they're our guys have just been away from us. And so it's just – it's a joy for us as coaches who live in this field house day in and day out. Last year on homecoming, we had our 50th anniversary uh, of our entire school and our football program. And to see the former players bring their families, bring their children into the hallways, Ken Dabbs field house, and show them their 10-year-old son, their picture on the wall – that means everything to me and to my staff and to the team that we have right now. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Thank you so much.